Hey, everybody, welcome to Truth Unbound. I'm Walt Swain. And before I go any farther, uh, please excuse the sound of my voice. If it sounds a little weird, we're in a high pollen count time of year, typical for the Houston, Texas area. And so my throat is a little raspy because of that. But anyway, uh, it's a great day for us to look into God's word and find the answers for the dilemmas we as believers find ourselves in and to know how God wants us to respond to those. Now, last week we answered the question, which denomination, which Christian denomination is the right one? Now, an extension of that and more personal and even more important is this question, which church, which local church is the right one for me to be a part of? It is crucial for the believer to get this one right because it can literally change the trajectory of your following of Jesus for years and even for a lifetime, and it has an impact on eternity. So let's get right to it right now. Hey, I just want to remind you, if you would, before we get into our topic, to uh, spread the word of Truth Unbound. Let's get the word out to others so that they can find out God's answers for their questions and dilemmas in life as followers of Jesus. Um, and so if you can do that by clicking on like and hitting all clicking on all notifications, the little bell there, if you're watching this on YouTube, or click to follow the podcast on whichever podcast app that you're using. And then in either case, Share, 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 share the link to this podcast and others that we've we've done. Uh, we're almost at the hundred episode mark. I can't believe it. Uh, but anyway, if you could share that, that would be a huge help to spread the word and increase the number of the Truth Bound family. Okay, so let's get to the topic at hand. Okay, so the question again for today is: Which church is the right church that I should go to? How do I decide that? Well, just before we get into how to find the right church for you, let's get the big elephant in the room out of the way. And let's discuss here real quickly um, the common reasons believers use today in actuality for choosing the church that they, they go to or want to go to. Now, hold on to your heart, okay, because this, <laughs> this won't be warm and fuzzy talk. A lot of the reasons are these for the modern Christian like, how does the preacher dress? What kind of clothes does he wear? Is there a choir? Are there tons of programs for my kids to go to? Uh, what do the chairs feel like? Or do they have pews? Oh, and here's, a, here's, some, here's another one. Do they sing the old songs I like? Only sing the songs I like. Uh, does the church meet my needs? Uh, and there's, there's more, okay? But... What seems wrong with the picture here of a lot of these reasons? Right. You probably thought of it. It's me. It's centered on me, what I like and what I dislike, my preferences. I'm not making a decision based on any core biblically based principle, which God gives us clearly in his word to guide my life, to glorify him and grow in my faith with others. Uh, it's actually a type of Christian consumerism. And that churches cater to me. They serve me and mine alone and what we demand of that church. After the COVID fog lifted, churches, ours included, here in the, in the U.S. and I know in other parts of the world as I talk to missionaries, we were left with much smaller remnants of attenders and even members because many believers simply stopped going to church at all. 
the cultural Christians, if you will, left the church. That, that means those who went based on convenience or tradition, but not because of a core conviction to be at a good church and be involved. But now they're not there. They've just gone on to other things, not even other churches, but just gone on to other entertainment uh, types of entertainment on Sunday. It's sad, but it also left the core of the faithful who are trying to serve the Lord humbly and faithfully, uh, and they are the ones that are rebuilding churches all across the fruited plains. So, um, well, okay, enough of the negative of how not to choose a church, okay? Now on to the positive of what are the biblical guidelines for choosing a church? It's actually a pretty short list, and it's simple and straightforward. So let's do that now. Okay, so the first biblically-based criteria for choosing the right church is to ask this, is the church faithful to God's word? Now, I'm not talking about the preacher's preaching or teaching style or personality style, but is the church itself, and of course its leaders, faithfully believing in and teaching the core basic fundamental doctrines of the faith as Christ gave them to us. This is the first and foremost foundation above all other things in choosing a church. Now, understand this, that underlying this, and we live in a post-truth age. And what I mean by that is that the thinking and use of words is often two-sided. In other words, in the context of what we're talking about today, a pastor and its leadership may say they believe in these core doctrines of the Word of God, but in reality, they're meaning something entirely different than its real biblical meaning. For instance, if you were to step into a church and it just seems powerful and exciting and all those things, but it's called, but they, they, they describe themselves as being a progressive church. And this means that even if they have a doctrinal statement at all, the one they have might say that, well, we believe in the inspiration of the Bible. Now, to you and me, we know that means that the Bible is God-breathed. It is that men of God wrote in such a way that what was written by only God's providence or his guidance, it became exactly what God wanted written and has been preserved intact through the ages and is without error. Now, to the progressive Christian, they'll say, well, usually very hipster looking, right? So they, <laughs> they would say, well, of course, I believe that those men, the authors of the books of the Bible were inspired, or rather they were challenged uh, and emotionally motivated by something to say and write the things they did about God. You know, in the same way a poet or a songwriter or an author is inspired by an experience um, and they were inspired to write their thoughts and their feelings down. And that it can be interpreted according to one's own experience, not as authoritative or objective. Okay? That is not the meaning of the inspiration of the Bible. Okay? Another area that is doctrinal, but it doesn't appear to be, but many churches recently or in recent years have fallen into its trap. And that area is what we call today woke theology. Now, this kind of church would affirm the cardinal doctrines of the faith, even using, again, using the same words, but then means something entirely different. And that's something entirely different is the integration of critical race theory and intersectionality into its teaching. Um, 
the woke theology has actually been taught for years in seminaries and thus in churches. It exploded to the top and to the forefront uh, in the wake of the death of George Floyd. And so CRT, as it's affectionately called, and intersectionality are actually neo-Marxist ideologies. They're racist ideologies, but they're being taught as being biblical and especially as being part of, if not the whole gospel, which is far from the biblical meaning of the gospel. If a church holds to this false, woke theology, then avoid it at all costs. One more area that the church is is faithful not only to the doctrines of the Bible, but also needs to be faithful to God's Word in the moral and ethical commands and principles of God's Word. Ask yourself, is there an apparent accountability, both morally and financially, of the leadership as well as the members? You could also ask yourself, does the church strongly maintain the biblical perspective on marriage and issues of sexuality, for instance, which is a major uh, discussion today? Does, the ch- it, does, it, does it maintain the moral and ethical uh, commands of the Bible is what we're saying? Another question to ask based on biblical criteria is this, does the church work to make disciples? In other words, is the main thrust of all they do, is it the biblical disciple-making church? That it's not concerned first about its social calendar or implementing more programs or committees uh, as though they were some kind of spiritual YMCA of some type or an entertainment center for their members, but they are set on taking the true gospel to their friends, neighbors, communities, and the world. You see, the disciple-making church is not just giving biblical information to the minds of their people, but are working to train and equip the church folk to be disciple-makers of Jesus themselves. You see, this is because, where do we get this from? Well, it's because Jesus gave us the command to be and do disciple-making. In Matthew 20, chapter 28, verse 19, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And then in, he, then he continues saying, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now, if the church is not making disciples of Jesus in some form or fashion, then it usually is an inward only looking church with little to no concern for uh, the vision and mission that God has given each local church to carry out in the world. So it raises red flags right away, and you probably want to avoid that. The next top concern is to ask yourself this, does the church have ways to serve? That, this means it isn't just about having, again, tons of programs or social activities or just being busy at the church facility every day and night of the week. The idea is this, are there ways to serve? Are, or are there even new ways that could be created to serve the Lord and each other? Can I use the spiritual gifts and talents and abilities and the treasures uh, God has given me to serve God by serving others, making disciples of Jesus and touching the life of the community with the love of Christ in tangible ways? So also, let me ask you to consider this piece of advice. 
maybe it's time to take the growth and honing of your abilities in that large church and unite with a smaller church or new church plant and go to the next level with how God has equipped you to serve him by serving others. Now, the basis for this principle is in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 and verse 16, and I'm reading from the New English translation. In verse 11, it says, It was he who gave some apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ. And then in verse 16, it says, From him the whole body grows, speaking of Christ, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body grows in love. The next question to ask is, do they love people the way God calls us to love people? Do you sense a genuine and appropriate welcoming atmosphere? Do you hear and see the stories of lives changed by Jesus because of coming to Christ through the uh, tangible love of someone or of all the people of the church toward them in their lives? Do you see they love all people as God loves us, no matter who they are, no matter what their age is, no matter what their marital status is, or the color of their skin, or their cultural background, or their socioeconomic status, or in other words, their, their financial and social standing? I can remember as a missionary myself years ago who my family and I traveled to many, many churches across the U.S. as we were raising support. We stepped into many, many churches, and you had to learn to instantly catch the vibe, if you will, so we could adapt and serve and communicate effectively with them in that maybe just two or three hour period that we were with them in. You could almost instantly detect if the love was apparent on first impression or not. I remember one time in the same city, we had a morning and service, uh, morning and evening service to go to in different separate churches. They were both uh, Baptist. I'm Baptist. I was a Baptist missionary, still in Baptist, pastor of Baptist church. But that one church was very traditional. But in the, in the morning, but in the afternoon or in the evening, that church was very contemporary in style, which is more my personal style. But it was interesting because the traditional church just oozed their love for God and others the whole time we were with them. The pastor even took us around town after lunch and talked about the city and the ministry and other ministries there. And we never forgot that. But it, that evening at the more modernized church, if you will, few have even said hi to us. And I was the guest speaker with my whole family. The pastor talked to us briefly and and then sent us on our way, and there was no real connection. You just didn't feel the love there in the same way. So which church did I think of first if we were to end up living there one day? Which one would I think of first of going back to? Probably the first one, more traditional one. Which one would you choose? Would you put that in your uh, reply or comment below this uh, podcast? So this question is based on what Paul the Apostle told the church at Rome and therefore, to us today, in Romans chapter 12, verses 10 through 13. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, 
continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. You see, it all comes down to seeing the church either as a consumer focused on what it can give you or as a servant of Christ, seeing that church as a faith community and family where you and your family can serve God by serving others and to do life together with. So let me ask you again, do you see the church, the local church as a place to serve you and your preferences? Or do you see it as a local community of Jesus followers that you can personally invest who you are and have in carrying out God's commands and kingdom living in and with? And let me throw in one more piece of advice. No extra charge. <laughs> churches are, let, let me remind you of this. Churches are families too. And families go through difficult times. Sometimes you may step into a church to visit it for the first time. And like any family, they have disagreements and hard decisions to make together. It doesn't mean that they're not faithful to God. Maybe they've suffered the loss of a member uh, or had to discipline a church member they loved intensely but had to approach a sin situation with that required biblical discipline. You might be saying, well, I don't want their drama right now. I just, I have enough of my own in my own life. Hey, I get that. And you have a very legit concern in saying that. And it may not be the moment for you to go into that church family when they're going through that. But it may be you were brought there as well to help bring healing and learn more about how to really build relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ. You might be led of the Lord there to be a rebuilder with them. New and fresh blood uh, in the body invigorates a church. And God might be sending you to be the vial of fresh blood, if you will, fresh new life they need and desire at a difficult time or coming out of a recent difficult time for them. Well, hey, I certainly hope this has helped you as you are maybe moving to a new lo location to live in and you're seeking a church or maybe you're out on your own for the first time away from home to choose your own church or maybe you're a new believer, never been to a church or maybe you're reigniting your faith in Christ after a long absence and you need to find a good biblical church. I pray God would lead you to the right one and that you made that decision based on the biblical criteria above. Thank you so much again. And remember to click on like, click to follow, also click to subscribe, and then share the podcast with everyone. And also remember to follow Jesus, because when you do, you will always follow the truth. <laughs>